0: You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cuddle Ministries.
1: We don't correct to run people off, we correct to bring us closer together to strengthen the bond so that we can be better for christ and do better for christ and do more for christ and go further for christ than we've ever gone before the goal is not to boot out those that don't like and keep the ones i do the goal is for all of us to become more spiritually mature together as a full body of christ vibrant uh, and doing mighty exploits for the king of kings and the lord of lords uh, so that no child is left behind uh,
0: When we're corrected about something we've done wrong, it doesn't always feel the best right away. In today's message, Pastor Gary says that we don't correct for our own glory, but for the glory of the kingdom. When you're corrected in a community of believers, it should be because they want to further the kingdom of God and solidify the family of the church. Next time you're correcting someone, ask yourself the question, Am I doing this for my own gain, or am I doing it for the gain of the gospel? Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 23 as he continues his message, Where Are God's Mighty Men? How
1: many times do we stop short of the cost that it actually takes to do the work of an evangelist and watch God build His church? So many people are only willing to go so far Oh, I might could kill two or three, but eight hundreds too much. I just don't know how far I can go. You know what this mighty man did? He said, I don't care how many comes my way. I'm not going to stop, stop fighting until there's none left standing but me. Amen. And he was a man of action. He was not a man of mediocrity. He was not one of those other ones that tuck tail and run. Amen. And I want to make note of this, that this was an offensive position. He was not reactionary. Amen. He didn't wait till things happened and then stand up. He, uh, he took initiative uh, and he went out and did battle whenever there was an enemy that needed to be whooped. And God's looking for some mighty men who have the spiritual discernment to, through the Holy Spirit of God that when God identifies a need in the church or, uh, or a place where the enemy's trying to creep in and trying to cause division, uh, that you'll be willing to be the one to stand up and nip it in the bud and call it out for what it is and say, thus saith the Lord, amen, and declare the Word of God over that situation and snap it out before it spreads like wildfire. Amen. Men who will stand up in the face uh, of obstacles and adversity. Men who will stand up against uh, lies uh, and deceit. Men who will stand up against uh, gossip and bickering and backbiting and complaining. Uh, amen. And and, and uh, if you will. Men who will stand up and, and fight for the cause of Christ uh, and keep the main thing the main thing. You can change the atmosphere by being a man of action. Amen. Men today want to sit on the sidelines uh, because they're heavily criticized when this society or when the church or when the spouse or when a kid or when somebody thinks uh, that they're not leading right or they're not doing right or they didn't do it right. Uh, But I want to thank God for those who are courageous enough to stand up even at the risk of doing it wrong, Uh, but they're willing to stand up and do something for God. Amen. We need some men of action inactivity never built a church, inactivity never won a soul, inactivity never went across the world on the mission field to preach the gospel to regions that never heard about the name of Jesus. It took mighty men of God who were men of action. Men of uh, who are mighty or loyal, they're men of action. Uh, But watch now your Bible in verses number 9 and 10. After him was... Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, and one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines that were gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away. Oh, when did he arise? Verse 10 says, He arose. But what, ju- what did it just say? And when all the other men of Israel were gone, this one rose he arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clave unto the sword and the Lord wrought a great victory that day and the people returned after him only to spoil. And you know, it's always funny. There's that crowd that don't want to put no skin in the game, but they always show up for the spoils after the battle's over. Boy, they're happy to take uh, what you worked hard for, what you prayed hard for, what you stood hard for. And, and, and churches uh, today are happy uh, to take all the spiritual benefits uh, that their pastor sacrificed for, that their pastor prayed over, that their pastor endured hardness as a good soldier to be able to give to you. Uh, but when the church begins to receive more than they take, the church starts to die. Because the pastor was never meant to do, pay all the price. And I would have said this if I was not the pastor of this church. I'm trying to help us see a spiritual application here of what it looks like for a church to say, you know what, if, I don't care who leaves the battle scene, I'm staying and I'm fighting for Jesus. Amen. I'm staying and I'm fighting. Number three, mighty men are men of commitment. The Bible said that his hand was weary, but his hand clave unto the sword. And some of you been slaying... And some of you have been slinging the word of God. Some of you have been fighting for years uh, and your hands getting weak uh, and times are getting tough and the devil's whispering in one ear uh, and the backbiter's whispering in the other. And you're also contemplating just laying down that sword. uh, Maybe not temporarily, that's never our intention. Maybe I just need a little rest. uh, But the very second you lay that sword down is the second your enemy can take your head off. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You better hold on to that sword. Uh, You better cleave to that sword until God, God brings the great victory, amen. Somebody needs to hold on to the sword of God's word. The devil's been telling you that you might as well just slip back into the shadows and let somebody else step up to the front lines, but God's calling somebody to step up to the front lines and to do work for Jesus, amen. Notice, because we verse nine, we notice that he fought alone. Amen. And most people don't want to fight alone. They like to have at least two or three others giving witness to them. Amen. Uh, We like to at least have one other person in the crowd agreeing with us uh, before we speak up, but sometimes uh, you need to say it if you're the only one saying it, if it represents the actual truth of the word of God amen and sometimes uh you know uh, you'll see your pastor get up in the pulpit and i'll have to preach on something that ain't very popular that don't go over very well uh, i just like to ask you to give me the courtesy of not let me be preaching up here all by myself amen uh, why don't you holler out amen every once in a while even if it's a oh me don't let me stand up here all by myself amen Oh, that's right. Uh, And listen, uh, when somebody comes up against uh, your leadership of your church, whether they're talking bad about a deacon or whether they're talking bad about the pastor or they're talking bad about a Sunday school teacher, you need to learn how to say, if this is not a legitimate concern that can be brought before two or three eyewitnesses, then I don't need to have another syllable of conversation about this matter and stand up against it and be bold and daring and courageous uh, no matter who it is or how much money they have or how much influence they have or how good a friend they are stand for truth and don't let your leaders uh, stand all by themselves amen that's right praise God amen (laughs) mighty men are men of commitment notice he not only fought alone but better than that he finished despite his fatigue Uh, Mighty men are men of commitment who commit to the cause of Christ uh, all the way to the finish line. It didn't matter how tough it was. Uh, Amen. He stuffed it out, praise God. Uh, Where are God's mighty men? Where are those loyal to the cause of Christ and the work that God has going? Where are men of action? Where are men of commitment? You say we have some. I, I know we have some. I'm not preaching to the ones that have already stood up. I'm preaching to the ones that still need to. Amen. I, and if the shoe fits where, I, let the Holy Spirit of God dial your number and call you back into battle. Look at verse 11 now. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Herarite and the Philistines were gathered together in a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils. Oh, I like me some good lentils, don't you? Oh, them lentils are good, but watch what happened. The Bible said, and the people fled from the Philistines. Here they are again, running and hiding, letting the Philistines, letting the devil, letting the flesh, letting the world just take over any ground that was gained for Christ. Can I say something? There's been too many people pay too much a price for us to have what we have. For us to just lay down and let them come in and take it back over. I can say this on a national level. There's been too much blood spilled for our freedoms for Americans to stick their head in the sand and act like this government is not trying to rob us of every freedom that we have. And it's time that God's people... And it's time that the nation of America value, amen, our spiritual heritage and our, liberal, our heritage of liberty and protect what God has entrusted to us. But I'm talking this morning more to the church and less to America, although that's a good principle to apply. We need to recognize the value of, of what it is that God has blessed us with. The truth is, I don't really know. I've not been here long enough, and even if I was here another 20 years, I'd never know the sacrifices that were paid the last 50 years of the church. There's no way under heaven I know the price that was paid, the sacrifices that were made, the people that gave their very last penny to make sure the light stayed on at this church. It's too precious for us to neglect It's too precious for us to squander it's too precious for us to just let it fizzle out and die yeah. after so many have gone before. It's too precious for us to let the young generation have a misunderstanding of what we're trying to do for them, to not do what it takes to bridge, the, build the bridge between the old generation and the young generation so that we can connect again, so that they can pr- uh, value and put a price on what it is that we're trying to pass down to them. It's too great a price to let go in God's love. Looking for some mighty men that'll stand in the middle of this Holy Ghost pea patch and say, "I, I will defend the heritage of the Lord." I, you come at me; I'm ready for you, Amen. I'm ready for you. I didn't come this far in my journey to quit on God and to let go of everything I've built up uh, or I've tried to build up as far as spiritual value for my children uh, and my church uh, uh, to get a hold of and carry on down the road. Uh, Oh, so help me God uh, to, to stand strong and to be a mighty man of defense. Oh, it's time to defend some things. I have a preacher friend of mine that makes this statement and I agree with it. I'll offend you over my church. Amen. Don't start slapping the bride of Christ around with your verbal abuse. I ain't going to listen to it. I love every one of you and I love this church and I'm not going to listen to no trash talk about anybody. I'm going to stand up for you. I'm going to defend you. Amen. Now, if there needs to be correction, we'll do that, but we'll do it in love. We don't correct to run people off. We correct to bring us closer together to strengthen the bond so that we can be better for Christ and do better for Christ and do more for Christ and go further for Christ than we've ever gone before. The goal is not to boot out those I don't like and keep the ones I do. The goal is for all of us to become more spiritual mature together as a full body of Christ, vibrant uh, and doing mighty exploits for the King of kings and the Lord of lords uh, so that no child is left behind uh, as we march over into the promised land of what God has for our ministry. We need mighty men of defense who will stand their ground. The Bible said he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great victory. Listen, when all others flee from the battle, this mighty man, flew, he fleed to the battle. And that's what mighty men do. They don't run from trouble, they run to it. They say, where's the problem? They identify the problem, they face the problem, they call it out, they deal with it, they fix it, then they can move on. And I've seen too many churches dry up on the vine and die because there were no mighty men to address the, enemies, the issues of the enemy that were planted in their camp. Just sweep that one under the rug. I don't want to offend. Meantime, the Holy Ghost is offended every week as we ignore sin in the camp. Amen. And as we ignore issues that the Bible has raised since it was written... And we pretend like, oh, I've never heard that before. That's your own fault. You never read the Bible, amen. And you never listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. If you read your Bible and let the Holy Spirit talk to you, he would say some of the same things you He's been saying to me, amen. It's the same Bible. And this uh, mighty man was a man of defense. He refused to lose gained ground. He refused to lose Gained ground. If God puts something on your heart to do for Him and for you to start a ministry and you begin to lay the foundation for that ministry, then all hell comes up against it. If you've gained any ground, fight to keep it because the war is not over, it's just begun. Church, think of not strange concerning any fiery trial which might be sent to try us as though some strange things happened to us because we started reaching out to the community and doing things that we've never done before. Let's not lose ground over the battle. Let's not get timid and shy and back off because the heat's too strong or the cost is too great. But let's pray that God will raise up some mighty people in our camp. Amen. Uh, Look at verses 18 and 19. And Abishai, the brother of Joab, the son of Zariah, was chief among three. And he lifted up his spear against 300 and slew them and had the name among three. Now watch this. Was he not most honorable of three? Therefore he was their captain, howbeit he attained not unto the first three. It's interesting though that he did such great works even though he wasn't part of the first three great mighty men, he was often named among them. Meaning, I think it's got a twofold meaning. Other, either people talked about him as if they talked about the other three great men, or these three great men recognized who he was because of the sacrifices he made. Number four, mighty men are honorable. Do you want to know what to be honorable means? To be honorable deals with rank which is given by reputation and respect. I want to say that again. I'm giving you some food for thought this morning. It's good to be quiet sometimes. Rank which is given by reputation and respect." This guy did the work before he was ever given the title. This guy earned the respect of the position before the label was slapped on. They say that Henry Ford used to have a slogan that before they put that Ford name on that vehicle at the end of the assembly line, they would inspect it for top quality. And they said the name, that the name would never go on until the quality was put in. And you know what men do? Men slap labels on people and pretend like, just because they gave them the title, that they're worthy of the call that they're worthy of the position. But God's looking for people who'll pay the price when they're a nobody. Who'll pay the price when nobody knows who they are. Amen. Who'll pay the price not for fame and fortune and popularity, but because it's the right thing to do. And then when you humble yourself before the almighty hand of God, in due time Christ will exalt thee. I've seen people not in this church, but I've seen people doing all the work of a deacon that the Bible says to do. Right up until they were given the title. And then all of a sudden something messed with their head, and the title made them feel like they needed to start doing things traditionally instead of biblically. So they went from doing the work of a deacon, which is, you know, uh, helping the widows and the Orphans and serving the church, right? All this stuff, visiting people, things like that, to holding business meetings once a month. They stopped doing the work that the title actually expected of them. That's just one example. I've seen preachers serve God wholeheartedly, give everything they have to the cause of Christ until they're put in the position of a pastor, and all of a sudden they got arrogant. All of a sudden, they were no longer hungry, and they were no longer humble, and they lost the touch of God because they forgot what it took to get the title to start with. It took character. It took servanthood. It took a reputation. It took respect. And the same thing that gets you the title, the same thing that's going to enable you to keep it. And can I get an amen? Mighty men live honorably, which means they have the reputation and the respect before they're ever given rank. And I want to say this, I don't believe in putting somebody in a position with a title just to hope that they'll be faithful because they were entrusted to something. They need to prove their faithfulness before they're ever given that position. Because the Bible says faithfulness and the uh, confidence in an unfaithful man, thank you, is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. They'll let you down. Amen. I, I've seen people say, "I boy, preacher, we're moving Right down the road, within walking distance to the church, we'll be faithful now. As soon as they moved in, they were just as unfaithful, if not worse, than they were before they had to drive 30 minutes to get there. Because faithfulness wasn't in them before they moved, and faithfulness wasn't in them after they moved. Amen. When God puts faithfulness in you, you're in it for the long haul. It don't matter what cost it is. You are committed to the cause of Christ. I appreciate a daddy who drove 45 minutes one way Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night for years between the ages of 12 and 18 in my life until I was old enough to have my own job, buy my own car, drive my own way. Amen. He would drive that three times a week, 45 minutes one way. Why? Because his boys got in on what God was doing and he knew that that more than anything else, his boys needed God. Amen. So he paid the price of faithfulness so that we could get in on what God was doing in our life. Now today, people won't drive 10 minutes. If there's a church five minutes away, they'll take that one. The question is not what church is closest to you geographically, but what church is closest to the heart of God. That's the church that God wants you to be a part of. Amen, we got some right in our midst that drive a long way to come and I thank God for you. And I believe if you would ask them to stand and testify, they would say it's because of what God feeds their soul every time they come. But God's looking for some people who are mighty and honorable, who will pay the price, who will get the reputation and earn the respect, uh, uh, and not even looking for a title, just looking to serve God and make a difference. Mighty men of honor. i got two more. If you can stick with me, say amen. Verse 20, And Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man, of Kebzeel, who had done many acts, he slew two lion-like men of Moab. He went down also and slew a lion in the midst of a pit in the time of snow. That seems to me the most random verse. (laughs) By the way, he went down into a pit to kill a lion. I think he did it for sport just because you know how men like to flex their muscles. Oh yeah, I bet you ain't never went to a pit with a lion and come out alive with the snow on the ground. That sounds like one of those stories you told your kid. I walked, uh, you know, to school 10 miles one way, uh, uphill both ways when I was a kid in the snow, right? I see this man, yeah, barefoot. I knew I messed it up. Look what he did though. He killed two lion-like men. That means these guys were intimidating. By the way, the devil always sends intimidating personalities to try to mess up the peace of a church. He does, and you just got to be bold. You just you can't let them get to you. Amen. You just got to stand courageous and stand your ground and let God be God. Amen. And if they say something stupid, ignore them. And if you have to confront them, say that was stupid, and then walk off. Amen. But don't let lying-like personalities that ain't filled with the Spirit of God and don't have uh, a touch of God and a love for His people and don't have wisdom from this book ruin your day at church. There's, there's going to be people like that everywhere. You know why? Because light attracts bugs.
0: You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. We're so glad you joined us today for this study in God's Word. Be sure to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss a new edition. This broadcast is part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more about it and Pastor Gary by visiting our website, GaryCottle.com. That's Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. We'd like to invite you to partner with us in sharing the good news of Jesus through this ministry. Would you join Pastor Gary in praying for those listening? Pray for ears to be open and hearts to be receptive to the truth and love found only in God. Please keep Pastor Gary in your prayers as well as he continues to seek God's direction in this ministry. Another way you can be a part of what we're doing is through financial gifts. All amounts are appreciated and useful. Please, prayerfully, consider your involvement in this way. And if you feel led to give, you can mail a check to Gary Coddle Ministries, 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. That's 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. Thank you for partnering with us, and thank you for listening today to True North.